0: How long have we been asleep? It's only a guess. 2,000 years. He was slinging puns at a bnB and b When he had an epiphany And make a part in about time too About not playing d and It was free through all And I heard him say He thought my borderlands But just sit back and let Spencer do his trick Cause you're incapable of Thank you, Mr TJ Drennan. Welcome to Keep Off the Borderlands. My name's Spencer, AKA Free Thrall, PDF holder, RPG player and aspiring GM Hello there. Yeah, that's right, it's me. I'm back. Um not really a planned break. I guess, I don't know, what's it been? Three weeks? Maybe four by the time I get round to editing this. Um, Last episode. Oh, yeah, last episode. Um, I, I don't think I really appreciated how motivated I am by call-ins when it comes to putting together episodes because I haven't received anything since the last episode. And that doesn't really surprise me, given how I kind of concluded that episode, perhaps making it sound as if I'd had enough of that discussion that was going on at the time. But nothing's ever off the table for me. I'm certainly up for chatting about practically anything. I wouldn't want people to think that I didn't appreciate it. The calls that I received because uh, nothing could be further from the truth also following that episode with the lockdown kind of easing up my parents came up to visit here in the Highlands for a week and um, yeah that was really really nice actually certainly a lot less stressful than me popping down there to see them because I'm from Essex, in case you couldn't tell. And going down there is always a little stressful for me. As soon as I get there, I realise why I left there (laughs) almost immediately. Not to say I don't still love that part of the world, but, um, you know, there's too many of you. And, uh, yeah, things just are extremely busy, a little bit hectic down there. And what drove me to come up to the Highlands was that change of pace, different way of life. And um, I certainly adapted to that very, very quickly. It was an extremely welcome change. You know, and I always felt a little bit out of place down there but I'd always kind of interpreted that as feeling like I'd been born at the wrong time perhaps not considered that it might just not be the right place Yes, yeah, so they came up that was great and then I guess you know just lost a little bit of momentum there Also, I've been finding some really interesting discussions going on within the community and wanting to contribute to those discussions, but felt that it made more sense for me to call in to the places where those discussions were occurring rather than podcasting about it myself. So that's been nice. So, what else have I been up to? Um, I've been listening to a new podcast on the block, Safer Fantasy Crafting, which I can highly recommend. I think already um, Safer, as he likes to be called, kicked off with a trilogy of episodes inspired by articles from Red Dwarf magazines, well actually probably more accurate to say inspired by discussions that are going on within the RPG Anchorite community but reading articles from White Dwarf published 30 plus years ago that I felt really kind of got to the heart of what a lot of the discussions are about and uh what I found extremely flattering was that Safer cited me as an inspiration for putting out a podcast himself which is such a wonderful compliment to receive and thank you very much for that Safer. Um I'd called in to give some feedback on those First three episodes, which um, along with some feedback from some other members of the community, he was prompted to put out a fourth episode. I just listened to a trailer for his second season already. Fast work that, man. <laughs> and I'm very much looking forward to where he goes next. So Safer, if you're listening, thank you for those wonderfully... Kind words. Um, the idea that I've inspired someone to make their own podcast—it um, kind of it kind of feels like I've come full circle. So thank you. So yeah, what was what was safer talking about? Oh, um, well, it's on the subject of this uh, other world immersion which seems to be the buzz phrase at the moment. Uh, because it so aptly describes what we're talking about, differentiating it from other kinds of immersion, which I'm not going to list here, mainly because I can't think of them right now. But um, he spoke a bit about taking fun seriously. And uh, Safer made a very interesting observation about my use of comedy in an effort to sort of temper my earnestness, and I've got to say, yes, guilty as charged. Um, I don't know. It's just something I've I've always tempered everything with humour. It's uh, humour has been a wonderful friend to me. It's uh, got me out of all kinds of scrapes, and uh, it keeps me sane. And, um, and it's, you know, it's just a great ally and, uh, it's just, just extremely, extremely important to me. But that's not to say that I don't take things seriously. Certainly with regard to gaming, um... This thing about immersion and how I approach both Ernest and Gonzo settings, uh, taking them both seriously in the sense that my characters are very much of those worlds, no matter how ridiculous a setting might be. My character, I've said, I'm sure I've said this before, my character is of that world and believes in that world. So they are going to take it seriously. It's their reality, and they respond accordingly. Uh, and as is usually the case, uh, Che of uh, Roleplay Rescue, Chay's response in his message that was played on the fourth episode of uh, Safer Fantasy Crafting, expressed that idea much more comprehensively than I did. I do find that um, I I hear myself calling in to Che and also Arlen Walker, know, live from Pelham's Wasteland. I listen to my call in and I always feel that I've offered up half a thought, you know, some kind of incomplete, I, I haven't fully expressed what, I'm intending to express, if that makes sense. There's not quite enough information there. Maybe I'm assuming there certainly seems to be little things that are left unsaid. When I hear back my messages, I've I've listened to the the episode I'm responding to. I've had a little conversation in my head, and then I call in with just a snippet. Of that thought process Maybe I need to go away And sort of uh, hammer the response Into a more fitting shape Perhaps Before calling in I don't know I digress Thinking about how I've been playing In the black hack That Dave Aldridge was running And I think it's fair to say that the kind of tone he'd created there is uh, in keeping with the tone of fighting fantasy. And um, there was always a certain amount of humor in those books, you know, a, a fantasy world that didn't take itself too seriously. And yet playing in those games, in fact, this ties in with something else that I kind of noted a film has been made of Gawain and the Green Knight, due for release post lockdown. I would, I would imagine, called the Green Knight, and tying in with that is an RPG box set called the Green Knight, which has been put together with a real kind of um, old school D D aesthetic, re- really trying to capture that Mensa red box feel. So it pitches itself as a game of epic fantasy but it claims that what sets it apart from other games is that the focus is going to be on the kind of the inner struggle of the characters that you're playing now I don't know whether this is true for anyone else but it doesn't matter how serious or gonzo a game is that I'm playing in My characters always struggle with inner turmoil. They always have some kind of inner struggle that they're dealing with. That probably says more about me than anything else. (laughs) I don't know if anybody else feels like that when they're playing RPGs. But uh, it's it's seemingly a recurring theme for me. Certainly true for my characters and the black hat games I've been playing. And now it seems my character in Numenera is struggling with uh, <laughs> the fact that the rest of the party are kind of joining forces with the character that I've described as Dr. Smith from Lost in Space. So, yeah, yeah. I don't see characters experiencing inner turmoil as being any kind of innovation in RPGs, I'm afraid. Um, I wonder if that is going to be true of uh, Barbarians of the Ruined Earth, which is a Kickstarter I backed, uh, something created by Mike Evans, who I'm a real fan of. Um, He was responsible for Hubris, Death is the New Pink, and... um, Gathox, and he's someone who's, I feel his work has a real kind of 2000 AD aesthetic to it. Whether that's intentional or not, I don't know. Barbarians of the Ruined Earth is very clearly influenced by Thundar the Barbarian and really has a kind of Saturday morning cartoon aesthetic. It's a game I'm really looking forward to playing. And I believe Jason of Nerds RPG Variety Cast might be toying with the idea of running that. Now, if I'm able to play in a setting as gonzo as that, yet still experience some kind of existential crisis, well, <laughs> maybe there's no hope for me at all. Let's see, shall we? also I wanted to give a shout out to minion aka Rob from confessions of a wee timorous bushy I wanted to thank him for bringing safer fantasy crafting to my attention and also for reaching out to me a couple of weeks ago just because he was up for a chat and I really appreciate it him reaching out to me, we had a really, really great chat about just gaming in general, and um, and, and that's something I I realise I I realise I'm not very good at you know reaching out to people and just uh, just wanting to have a chat. I think I I worry about you know what are we going to talk about that kind of thing, but there are a couple of people who've got in touch with me just to chat about stuff, and i really, really enjoyed those conversations. And, and reaching out to people is something I really need to get better at because it's, you know, i just really appreciated being able to just chat about stuff and, you know, not having to worry about uh, derailing the game that we're supposed to be playing. So, yeah, that was really nice. Something else I wanted to talk about was Glaive, the BX hack of Naive created by Lonely Adventurer for Quest earlier this year. The moment I heard him talking about it on his podcast, I knew it was something I needed to get my hands on. And finally, here it is in my hands. I was more than happy to pay the ridiculous postage that was probably twice <laughs> twice the the cost of the actual zine itself. But um, I was more than happy to do that, partly because Naive doesn't exist in physical form, Naive being Ben Milton's kind of... Uh, I, I, I struggle to call it OSR, but it's a classless, stripped-down RPG that's kind of been reverse-engineered in order to create a very simple way of running old-school D&D modules. And um, when Lonely Adventurer suggested he was creating, he, he was going to fashion it into something that was a little more recognisably in flavour, I was all up for that. And um, yes, a lovely little book it is too. It's very nicely laid out, reminiscent somewhat of the Black Hack. The art in it I, I find really appealing. And just the, the tone of it, Glaive, dungeon delving for fun and profit, just really appeals to me. And uh, I, I haven't actually read through it, just flipping through the pages now. Um, Yeah, great stuff, and uh, look forward to being able to play around with that. I was fortunate enough to be able to uh, have a little test play of a D6 dice pool system Barney Dicker uh, from Loco Ludus, his new rules that he's putting together that um, uses dice of a variety of different colours and depending on the colour of those successes suggests which of your abilities were involved in completing that task. So it gives it a narrative quality which was very interesting. So from the result, you're getting whether you were successful or not, the degree of your success, and how you managed to meet the challenge. So a lot of information there being conveyed through a single dice pool roll. And something that was nice about Barney's system as well, he's had a a dice rolling app created. So you roll the dice pool, it picks out the successes for you, there's zero math involved as it's all about what colour the successful dice are. I felt that worked really, really well. I was fortunate enough to play with Colin Spikebit Green, who I don't get to play with nearly often enough and I would certainly want to get into one of his games that he's pitching over on Patreon. I hope to get round to joining in there at some point. I also got to play with Liren of Updates from the Middle of Nowhere, someone who I've wanted to play with for uh, for a long time. And because we were just testing out the system, it was very relaxed and we were able to uh, catch up and just have a chat. Liren is um, planning to run a game, it's a PBTA game, I can't remember the name of it, apologies. But I hope to be able to join in with that one if that's at all possible. And the setting we were playing in was, well, this time last year, I was chatting about Doggerland on the podcast. Now, Doggerland is, you may have heard of Dogger Bank, which is an area between Britain and mainland Europe, which was previously part of a land bridge that joined Britain to northern France, Germany, the Netherlands and Scandinavia in the sort of the Neolithic period. And I spoke about how I really like the idea of that kind of setting. Since then, uh, me and Barney have been chatting about developing this setting under the name the alluvial plains for his system so that's all all really exciting stuff so that was that was great to be able to give that a try well